Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Friday edition of the podcast. Encourage you to go give us five stars. We are finishing out the month in style with a lot of discussion about the NBA last night. Lakers Clippers, also a discussion about what happened with Zion and why he didn't play. College football, the SEC has a new plan in place. Also discussing that. Todd Furman comes by to talk gambling and the sports and how in the world you gamble on sports in a non-home game environment. Plus, Petros Papadakis swings by in hour three. All that and more. Again, please go give us five stars. Danny G read a bunch of them yesterday. Hope you heard yours. If you didn't, why not go ahead and get into the contest? Subscribe to the podcast. Go subscribe to the Outkick VIP. Have fantastic weekends. Rejoice. Come tomorrow, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball all rolling back. Should be a fun time. This is Outkick, and the podcast begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, sports is back, boys and girls. We have Major League Baseball underway, and last night we had back-to-back thrilling, I would say, at least in the case of the Lakers-Clippers, although it's still a really entertaining game in the Pelicans game against the Jazz, just not as many star players involved. The more significant outcome, first of all, last night, I thought, was we're going to talk a little bit about the kneeling and the controversy, of course, throughout the entirety of uh, this show at different moments. But I thought, let's just talk big picture here for a minute. I thought the NBA court itself, in terms of what it looks like on television, I don't feel like I'm losing very much. 
by not being in Staples Center for last night's game, for instance, between the Lakers and the Clippers. I was there in Staples Center for the start of the season for the Lakers-Clippers game. The Clippers in this game were without a couple of real studs on their team. And credit to LeBron James for getting the winning basket and managing to play defense on Kawhi and Paul George both on the switch there on the final possession. But I left this game thinking the Clippers are still the superior team overall and that when they have their full complement of players, they are going to give the Lakers a lot to worry about. I thought the most significant takeaway was this looks pretty good on television. Like, I don't agree with all of the politics being infused into uh, into the NBA. I think that's going to cost them a lot of viewers. I really do. I understand some people disagree. But I think when you're in the business of trying to appeal to the largest possible audience, I don't think anybody out there is like, hey, I'm going to watch the NBA because of the politics. I think there are some people who will say, I'm not going to watch the NBA because of the politics. But in terms of the viewer product, the viewer product of the NBA game, I think looks really good on television. It feels a little bit like the Olympics, uh, you know, where you don't have courtside people sitting very much and it sort of feels a little bit different. But I thought it was a very well-produced court setting. And the most impactful thing that happened in terms of on-court results tonight, there wasn't a lot about the Lakers or the Clippers game that was going to have long-range significance as long as no one got injured, and that didn't happen because the Clippers don't have their full complement of players and also because ultimately seeding is not going to matter that much, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things in uh, anywhere where there's no home court advantage. Uh, But to me, the Pelicans deciding to only play Zion Williamson for 15 minutes, uh, even though he scored 13 points in those 15 minutes, that to me is the most significant because the Pelicans, a lot of people believe the reason why the NBA structured the season to finish as they did was to try to give the Pelicans a chance to get to the playoffs so we could see Zion go up against LeBron James. And this was a must-win game for the Pelicans. The Pelicans are already three and a half games back of the number eight seed Grizz to start this season, uh, restart the season. So they had to win this game. They needed to get off in a really substantial way against the Utah Jazz, and the Jazz outscored them 27-17 in the fourth quarter. Of all the four teams playing, the Pelicans had the most at stake, and they got the loss. Now, I'm sure the Clippers would have loved to have beaten the Lakers and be 3-1 to one against the Lakers in four games so far. But I think if you're a Clipper fan, and there are some, I believe, you look at this outcome and you say, well, in the grand scheme of things, we didn't have our full team and we had a shot at the end of the game to win it. If we could get a rebound on LeBron's runner where he was seeking a foul call and or if we had a little bit better of an offensive set with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George there, uh, that would have been a better opportunity to be able to potentially get that game-winning three to, to, to go. It wasn't a great look. It wasn't an awful look. It would have been a tough break for the Lakers if that shot had gone. Uh, but overall, I thought the biggest takeaway is from an overall product perspective, the names on the jerseys are overrated. 
I, I, I hope that the NBA, by the time we get to the playoffs, just goes back to normal jerseys. I, you, it's hard to see the names on the jerseys. It doesn't seem to really make a lot of sense. I think if you're watching the court and the court has Black Lives Matter on it and you're not standing for the national anthem, you're already making all sorts of political statements. Do you really need to also make political statements on your jerseys, especially when a lot of the biggest names, LeBron, for instance, Paul George, don't have statements at all on their jerseys. They have their actual names. I just, I I think that's unnecessary, but also kind of hard to see. And it doesn't really age you that much. And when there are casual fans coming in uh, for the postseason, as typically happens, a lot of these guys, people aren't going to know. So, uh, you know, one reason you're like, hey, who is that guy? You know, when they're watching a team that you haven't played watch, uh, haven't watched play a lot. um, I I think all the time that it doesn't make a lot of sense. And by the way, I'm always in favor of the last name on the back of the jersey. I don't like when the Penn States of the world don't put names on jerseys in the first place. Uh, And I know, again, that that is a tradition. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, But I think the big takeaways here, if you're looking at the overall uh, landscape right now is we should be pretty excited as sports fans because right now there are going to be a ton of games to react to in the NBA. There are going to be a ton of games to react to in Major League Baseball and there are going to be a ton of games to react to in the NHL starting tomorrow. So we're talking about three of the biggest out there perspectives to think about in never before has it ever happened in August that come tomorrow, you're going to be able to sit back and watch the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball all taking place on a nightly basis. All Just pick your poison, basically. Whatever you love, you're going to be able to sit back and watch it. All three of them have never been playing in August before. And so my hope is that this can help to lead us back to some sense of normalcy and that people can get away from being so angry all the time on social media, at least if there's sports to kind of distract, uh, even in the midst of what has been a really tough 2020. Uh, And I'm going to talk about this some later, that I do think the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NHL deserve credit for finding a way to get their games back. Now, they didn't come back perfectly. Uh, I, I think, again, that I hope, I should say, that much like what happened in Major League Baseball where there were a lot of big statements being made and now basically we're back to just playing baseball, I hope that primarily the NBA can just get back to playing basketball. Just like I hope the NHL can get back to playing hockey, get back to some level of normalcy without needing to make statements all the time about politics. You're basically entertainers. Put on an entertaining product I still think there's rampant hypocrisy in the NBA. Uh, The NBA-China connection makes me unsympathetic to the idea that the NBA players are social justice warriors. There are just, I think, a lot of latent hypocrisies that exist in the world of sports that I'm willing to overlook if you put on an entertaining product. And last night, the NBA's product was entertaining, particularly down the stretch run of the fourth quarter in trying to figure out exactly who was going to win these games. Uh, but we got a lot to get to. Loaded show for you. My buddy from Lock It In, Todd Furman, is going to be with me in hour two. Uh, in hour three, we'll be joined by Petros Papadakis. We got a lot of fun to have here on the Friday edition of the program. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. So we talked about the NBA returning uh, to open off the show, which I I think is by far the biggest story out there. And it's exciting, and it's a great story about sports being back. And if you're listening to me this morning, it's also fantastic to think about the NHL returning tomorrow, Major League Baseball being underway. There's a lot of positivity out there. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that I see in the way that sports are coming back here and also a bit about college football because I know many of you are wondering about what in the world is going on right now with college football. But if you listen to me in the open, you know that I said, I think the NBA, just looking at the product on television, if you just sit back and watch the actual game, I think so far it looks a lot more normal than Major League Baseball. And I think the NBA did a really, really good job making their court seem somewhat normal. We're in an abnormal time in the world of sports other than maybe golf where you can argue a golf course is just as much fun to watch without a single person on it in the crowd because you can actually see the course better without people on it. Other than that, I think you can look at uh, the NBA game on television and think, hey, this product looks pretty good. Here's what I think is going to be a challenge for the NBA. To what extent are they going to lean into the political side for the entirety of their time in the bubble here? There was a massive production put on before each of these games when it came to kneeling for the national anthem. And the truth of the matter is... Kneeling has become so commonplace now that it's actually braver to stand than it is to kneel. And the degree to which kneeling is a shock to the American body politic is really kind of gone. When everybody is doing something, it's not rebellious anymore. And so the process of kneeling for the national anthem, whether you are Mookie Betts, the highest paid L.A. Dodger, or whether you're LeBron James or Zion Williamson or whoever you are, one of the coaches, when everybody does something, it isn't rebellious anymore. Jason Whitlock has been analogizing kneeling to like the ice bucket challenge. It's become so corporatized now that it's hard to argue that it's a radical act anymore. In fact, the last night, what would have been incredibly brave 
would have been if one player or two players had refused to kneel for the national anthem. That would have turned into a story. In the space of a couple of years, American sports, we've gone from, hey, if you kneel, you are the rebel, to if you stand, you are the rebel. The most rebellious thing you can do in sports now, crazily, is stand with your hand over your heart during the national anthem. Think about how crazy that is. And so, to me, when you look at the larger context here of the larger NBA issues going forward, I think you have to be careful of forgetting who your audience is. And let me explain what I mean by this. Everything in American life just about that tries to make money is about expanding your audience to the largest possible degree. Except for like American politics, which is about winning the election by any means necessary. If you are a politician, you want to get one more electoral vote than possible, than necessary to win, or one more vote than necessary to win. But in order to do that, you might well have to recognize that the vast majority of uh, the, 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 you know, the 100% of people are never going to agree. I used to work in politics, and I was always fascinated when you would go into a voting booth and there would be a yes-no question. And I bet some of you have been in the same scenario where I am, where you're getting asked a yes-no question. And it occurs to you while you stand there reading that yes-no question, you're like, man, I have no idea what the answer to this is. I went to law school, I'm reading these two options, and I'm like, man, I, I don't have any clue what's going to happen here. And uh, somebody told me in politics, they said, you know what's interesting? All those ballot measures, at least 30% of people always vote no. You give two people, you give people options, and at least 30% of people are going to vote no. Doesn't matter what's out there. That's just the way human nature is. Okay. The great thing about sports, if you are in a business, is that theoretically, unlike in politics, where you can only appeal to about half the people and the other half you're going to lose, in sports, you can appeal to everybody. And I think the NBA needs to be careful in saying things which I'm sure you hear every single day well if you don't like what we're doing then don't watch well that's a little bit of an interesting perspective because why would you tell somebody who otherwise liked your product not to watch anymore if you're the NBA it doesn't I don't think benefit the NBA to be political I don't believe there is a single person that would otherwise watch, not watch the NBA that is watching because they are kneeling for the national anthem. I don't believe there is anybody out there. If you're a big NBA fan, you're going to watch whether they kneel or not. But if you're a casual NBA fan, if you're somebody who comes in and you're like, hey, I kind of like basketball, I'll watch the NBA playoffs but I'm not going to watch a random game early in the season, I think the NBA is going to lose that fan. 
And when you lose a fan, it's hard to get them back. And so I think the NBA has to be very careful, and I think all sports do, with the idea that people want in any way to have a substantial audience that is being intensely political in the world of sports. Does that make sense? Um, And some people can say, well, you share your opinions all day long on this show. And the answer that I always say is, yeah, but I'm not in the business of trying to appeal to everyone. If I was the CEO of Coke, I wouldn't ever say anything remotely offensive. I wouldn't be on Twitter. I wouldn't run a Twitter account. I wouldn't be sharing my opinions because I would want everybody to drink Coke. To me, the NBA and Major League Baseball and also the NHL and everybody else, they're in the business of selling something that theoretically everybody should like. They're selling Coke or they're selling beer, right? And so if you know somebody already likes your product, what are you gaining by taking the stands that you are? I think you have to be very careful that you aren't losing far more than you're gaining. And here's the bigger issue. Are we sure? Because people say, well, they need to use their platform. It's important that they use their platform to make the world a better place. Okay, I'm in favor of that. But are we sure that they're using their platform to make the world a better place? Because right now, the murder rate in this country is skyrocketing. The NBA players don't have any jersey uh, statements that support police officers at all. Not one. They also, by the way, of course, as we've talked about, don't have a single thing to be said about China on their jerseys either, which is a massive hypocrisy. But we have allowed athletes to speak out against police misconduct. And they certainly have a right to do that. But in the process, remember, we haven't allowed athletes or leagues to lean into police officers. And I know a lot of police officers are listening to me right now across the entire country. And I think a lot of you are looking around and you are saying, man, we have allowed athletes to demonize police. And we have allowed media to demonize police. And what has happened is we have created a massive increase in shootings and murders in this country so far in this summer as we have had people start to argue, hey, you need to defund the police. And one thing that I want you to think about is it's important to use your platform, but what if you're using your platform to destroy more than you're using your platform to create. See, a brave thing out there would be for athletes, any of them out there, to say, you know what, I support police officers. I understand that some police officers misbehave and those police officers should be punished. But the vast majority of police officers across this entire country, many of whom are listening to me right now, protect far more lives than we ever give them credit for. And we don't indeed see all of the lives that police officers are saving until we actually step back police officers, pull them back from being able to do their jobs, and we see all of the crime 
that is there that we didn't even know was there otherwise. And all of the shootings and all of the murders that are skyrocketing across this country. Whether you're in New York City, Atlanta, whether you are in L.A., whether you are in Chicago, all over this country, the murder rate and the shooting rate is skyrocketing. And so I feel like one of the frustrating things that we find ourselves in the middle of as a country right now is the disconnect that social media is bringing to bear between creation and destruction. And I'm going to get into this a little bit to finish off the hour. And I'm preaching a little bit here, but I want you to think about it. It's far easier to destroy something than it is to build something. I want you to think about that idea just for a minute. It's far easier to burn down a building than it is to build it. It's far easier to tear down a statue than it is to build a statue up. Okay? We have to be careful, I believe, that when we decide to tear something down, we aren't actually tearing down something that's much better than we have to replace it with. And to me, what athletes are doing right now by arguing against police is they are tearing down one of the great protectors of life in this country. The idea that police, like we can't put the television show cops on anymore because there's too many positive portrayals of police there. Wait a minute. Most police men and women are pretty good dudes and girls. They're out there helping us on a day-to-day basis. Are some of them bad? Yes. But some part of every profession is bad. Whether you're an architect or a grocery store worker, whether you're a neurosurgeon or a janitor, every profession you've ever had in your life, there have been people who were not good human beings who did it. That's a function of humanity, not a function of, that's a human failure, not a function of police failure. And so what I'm seeing right now across society in many ways is we are destroying many of our institutions and what we are replacing them with is nowhere near as good as what was there before. Was it imperfect? Yes. But I would like to actually hear athletes talk about that. If you're going to get on a social justice platform and argue that you're going to use your voice to change things, what do you want replaced? And why do we not follow up with media and with athletes? Everybody wanted to pay attention to George Floyd when the protests were going on in Minneapolis. Well, now that the crime rate has surged in Minneapolis, those same media have vanished. We saw this happen in Ferguson. We saw it happen in Baltimore. Everywhere where protests were the most aggressive, the murder rate skyrocketed in the wake of the protest. And the media left. They weren't still there anymore covering the protest. They didn't stay to cover the resulting increase in death and destruction for the people who were left behind. So... If the NBA wants to get political, I think it's a challenge for their business. 
But in the larger context, I also think we have to hold them accountable for a goal to make things better. I don't hear a lot of names being shared by athletes for innocent people who are being murdered all over the country at record high rates historically as a result of all of these protests and the movement to defund the police. And what's frustrating to me is I feel like we have to hold everybody accountable. It's not enough to want to tear down something. You need to have a plan in place to build something to replace it. And I feel like social media in general, and athletes are a big part of this, is very good at pointing out flaws and trying to tear down things, but it's not very good at trying to be constructive and build new things to replace that that is better than what's been torn down. There is zero doubt that police are imperfect because they are human. There's also zero doubt, if you look at the data, that if you put fewer police officers on the street, the crime rate will skyrocket. It's not rocket science. That's just looking at the data and extrapolating exactly what's going to happen. So it's fine for NBA athletes to be political and to have all these things on their jerseys. But how come not one NBA player wants to support police? How come not one NBA player wants to try to construct something better as opposed to just tearing down? I'm just troubled by this because I think the ultimate end result of many of these athlete actions is going to be worse than what existed before, and we're already seeing that happen all over the country. And I think it's an important lesson to us about thinking in our minds, creating is hard work, destroying is easy work. Much of what social media seems to embrace is destruction. I'm going to cancel that person. Did you see what they said 20 years ago? Oh my God, that person doesn't deserve to have a job anymore. Did you see what they posted on Facebook? We spend a lot of time tearing down on social media. Not as much time building up. What are you doing in your life to actually make things better, not just to try to tear something down because you're angry? It's an important question. I'm going to talk about it in the context of my own industry next because I see a lot of people in sports media, especially in the middle of this coronavirus mess, that are very, uh, very excited to share negativity, the fear porn, the doom and gloom. They want to tear things down, but there's very little they're offering to try to build back up. We'll talk about it next, but first, I'm preaching this morning. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be you know, I was talking about construction versus destruction and how I thought much of social media is about destruction. And I see it in my own industry. 
And so uh, we're obviously excited to have the NBA back and uh, I'm excited to have Major League Baseball back and I'm excited to have the NHL back. Uh, But what I see in my own industry is there are a lot of people on social media who make a living in sports media that it seems to me share all the most negative stories out there about the coronavirus. And uh, I put up a poll question. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, 56,000 of you voted in it. And I asked, hey, based on what sports media members share do you, on Twitter, do you think many of them are rooting for sports not to come back? And 77% of you said yes. And I said, okay, look, everybody's audience is not representative, no matter who they are, probably of the whole nation. Uh, so I said, I'd love to see another sports media member actually put this up on, uh, on his or, or her Twitter feed and see what the results were. And so Darren Ravel did it, and his audience is different than mine, obviously, and he had around 33,000 people, I think, vote in his poll, and 48% of his audience said yes, 52% said no about whether they thought sports media was, was rooting for sports not to come back. And what is intriguing about that is his audience has certainly had a very different response than mine. But it was still a really high percentage of his audience that thought the same thing. And so if you combine those two audiences, we had around 90,000 people vote. And yes, some people might vote in both polls, but 90,000 people voting and right at two-thirds, 66% of people believed that the sports media was rooting against sports actually coming back. And I got a lot of feedback from people out there about why would fans believe this? Because, you know, sports media people will say, well, it'd be so against my economic self-interest for sports to come back. But my argument is sports media in general has looked at everything going on with the coronavirus and they have chosen as a group to typically share the worst story that is out there as evidence of why nothing can be done, right? And so using as an example, the Miami Marlins, the Miami Marlins test positive. Uh, They have all the issues that have been going on with them. And the immediate storyline on Monday was, oh, my God, we got to shut down Major League Baseball. There's no way to justify bringing back baseball based on what happened with the Marlins. That was the overall consensus. And a lot of people who were NFL uh, media were like, how in the world is the NFL going to play? And a lot of people that are college football media were like, how in the world is college football going to play? That is, to me, a destructive line of thinking. Obstacle exists. Instead of trying to come up with a way to overcome that obstacle, you immediately say, Well, let's throw up our hands. There's no way we can get past this. That's a fundamentally anti-American value way of thinking. It's anti-capitalistic. It's anti-everything that we have stood for as a country. And the media is rampant with stories like those. I got to give credit to Adam Silver. I think on China, he's been an unmitigated disaster. But Adam Silver came up with a bubble that makes a great deal of sense to figure out how to get the NBA back to playing and back to on television and get his guys back to work. I got to give credit to Gary Bettman, who came up with a way in the NHL, even with all the obstacles that exist, to getting an NHL season complete. I got to give credit to Rob Manfred, who got the Major League Baseball season back, to Dana White with the UFC, to what I think is going to be 
Roger Goodell with the NFL and what I hope is going to be many different college football conference commissioners. I hope they're all going to find ways to get their sports back. They're having to build a solution to an incredibly difficult problem. That's hard work. Other people out there in the social media arena don't have to build solutions at all. They just have to show up and then just tear down whatever else somebody else is trying to build. And as I see this happening more and more on social media, I think it's a really fascinating question for all of us out there to think about. In our day-to-day lives, are we all as a group, are we building and constructing or are we coming up with ways to destroy? And I just think it's such a fascinating way to look at the world. Sports has found a way to construct a method to return. That's hard work. The 100-plus page rules that are in play right now that are different than have ever existed for the NBA or Major League Baseball or the NHL, they found a way. That's what America is about. We find a way even when there are immense obstacles in front of us. And what troubles me a great deal that I see happening all the time in America now is it seems like we're elevating people who aren't trying to find a way. They're just trying to destroy the way that others are trying to create. And so some people criticize me for being too optimistic. They've said, oh my God, Clay Travis, you are sharing too many reasons for optimism during the coronavirus. I never want to leave my house again. It's terrifying. Oh my God, you've been saying for months that you think sports are going to be back. Yeah, because I believe in American creators finding a way. I think we're going to have a vaccine one day. I believe that our American ingenuity and exceptionalism is going to rise to the challenge of this virus just like we rose to the challenge in World War II. And just like throughout our history as a nation, and frankly, throughout world history, man has risen to the challenge time after time after time. But constructing things is hard, and it often leads to imperfect results. But what I wish all of us would spend more time doing, and certainly I'm guilty of this as well, it's easy to be negative. It's easy to tear down something. But how much work are we putting into building new things that are better than what we're tearing down? And how much easier is it to sit around on our phones and say, oh, that'll never work. Oh, look at that obstacle. This is stupid. Why are we trying to do anything at all? We're trying to do something because the credo of America has always been be better. That's what capitalism is. It's a constant mantra to be better. If your company is better than somebody else's company, they win. And over time, that efficiency leads to a rising standard of living for all of us out there. And so I want to applaud the NBA, even though I don't agree with everything they're doing. And I want to applaud Adam Silver for finding a way. The same thing with Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. The same thing with Gary Bettman and hockey. And I want all of you, as we finish the first hour of this program, and I'm going to talk some about college football coming back to start off hour two, and then I've got Todd Furman to talk about gambling with us. 
And then I got Petros Papadakis scheduled to join us in hour three and talk about uh, the Clippers and the Lakers and Dodgers run that they're on and everything that's going on uh, right now in the world of sports at college football, plus what happened with him and Jeff Goldblum. All of that's still to come on the show, but I just want you to think right now as we finish hour one, construction versus destruction. How much time do I spend in my own life, and this is something I think about too, constructing something as opposed to just trying to tear down something else? How much time do I spend on Facebook constructing versus destructing? How much time do I spend in my marriage or with my child raising constructing versus destructing? How much time at work? Construction is hard. It requires a lot of effort and it's imperfect. Destruction is easy, but it often leads to worse results. It seems to me like far too often as a country, we are leading into destruction. And I think that's why so many people in my industry are doing it, but also why so many sports fans out there are fundamentally rejecting many people in the sports media because we're tired as a country, I think, of destruction. Deep thoughts. We'll get back into college football when we return, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot and I wanted to discuss with all of you. I appreciate you hanging out with me, spending your morning right here on OutKick. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Want to dive into, we've been talking a lot about the return of the NBA, and if you're just waking up with us, uh, for everybody out there, it's an exciting time, I think, in general in the world of sports because the NBA debuted last night. We have Major League Baseball back and rolling. I know they've had some uh, issues with the Marlins and with the Phillies, and there have been a variety of different things that haven't gone perfectly, but there have been a lot of games played already. They've been going for over a week now, and they're starting to hit sort of their stride a little bit, let's say. NBA last night, uh, we got into all the politics and everything else in hour one, and uh, I, I think we had a big discussion about that. But there's still a little bit of uncertainty about some sports. I'm going to get into that in a sec. But tomorrow, the NHL is back. And so there are a ton of games that we're about to have starting tomorrow. So you're going to be able to watch your favorite NBA, your favorite Major League Baseball team, and your favorite NHL team assuming everything continues to go well, pretty much for all of August and for much of September, by and large, nightly games all the way up until mid-October for those two sports. Major League Baseball, same way. We've literally never found ourselves, as we are about to enter into August, with this much sports to be able to watch. What are the sports that we don't know about? It feels pretty good about the NFL, Training camp starting to get back to normalcy. And I feel like we've been talking about this for weeks, but the sport that is still a little bit unclear, I would say, is college football. Uh, And in particular, as it pertains to college football, the SEC came out yesterday afternoon and said they were going to play a 10-game SEC season, uh, not play any out-of-conference game. Following in the footsteps of the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the SEC now is going to play 10 conference games. And uh, this is actually, I think, for most SEC fans, super exciting because the SEC has so many interesting and unique rivalry games that they've had to give up as they've expanded to 12 teams and as they've expanded to 14 teams. 
And if you're a college football fan, if depending on how the SEC structures this uh, this expansion to 10 games, I think you have to be kind of excited. I also think if you're a team that was hoping to win a national championship, and I would put the Alabamas, uh, the Georgias, the Floridas, the LSUs, maybe the Auburns, whoever they are, up at the top of that list, and it's going to get a lot harder because 10 SEC games is way tougher to me than eight out of con- eight in-conference games, one typical Big Five conference opponent, and then three games that it's really hard to, to lose. A lot of SEC teams basically start with four wins, especially the weaker teams. And now you've got a team like Arkansas, let's say, that might legitimately go 0-10 in the SEC this year, or 1-9, or whatever the numbers might be, and how exactly they decide to set up this schedule is going to be pretty fascinating to see. I can't even imagine what the horse trading is going to look like, because you know what eight of the games are, but what's the horse trading that's going to look like to get the next two games? My expectation was that to avoid all the horse trading, they would just go ahead and take the next two years of rotating opponents, but if they don't do that, there is a lot of moving parts associated with this SEC decision. But also, this is a college football season the likes of which we're never going to have seen before. For years, I am 41. For as long as I can remember being a college football fan, which is my whole life, everybody has said, hey, will Notre Dame ever join a conference? All it took was for the coronavirus to happen And the fact that Notre Dame hadn't been in a conference since 1887 comes roaring back. And there is so much uncertainty right now about when teams are going to start playing because the SEC right now is not going to start until late September. So in talking to a lot of different people around this story, one of the big fears on college campuses right now is that as soon as the kids get back on college, campuses there's going to be a massive increase in overall coronavirus infections most of those infections are not going to in any way be harmful to young kids because if you're younger than 24 you're under more danger of death from the flu and the seasonal uh from the flu seasonal flu and pneumonia but to what extent can they keep those viruses just in the young people if they could It would run through the young people pretty fast, the college kids, and then it would move on and there would be some form of herd immunity, hopefully, in many of these different locations. But the challenge is, how are you going to keep college football players from being surrounded by all of the regular college kids? Because if you remember being on a college campus, you probably did what I did. You went where the pretty girls were. And if you were a pretty girl, you went where the other guys went. Uh, You you basically are always in close contact with each other. And the athletes are the same as the regular students. So I don't know how, if an outbreak happens among the regular student body, you're going to be able to completely avoid it from the athletes, which is why I've said I, I actually think there's something to be said with starting the season earlier as opposed to later, because if you start the season earlier, you have more bye weeks built in so that if major issues arise, uh, then you don't have to worry about them as much. But let's keep in mind this SEC decision 
is pretty seismic for a bunch of different reasons, one of which is they've bumped the SEC title game all the way back now until uh, mid to late December. The SEC title game now is scheduled to be played on December 19th, which is you know six days before Christmas, but also not very far in advance of when the, uh, when the first round of the college football playoff would be played. But in a larger context, it also throws into question what I think is, is going to end up happening clearly here. There's not going to be a bowl season. People can debate exactly what college football is going to look like, and I believe they're going to find a way to play college football. But I don't think there's any doubt at all if you look at the way the bowl season is set up. If the SEC is bumping their season all the way back, I think it's highly unlikely that the, the bowl games are played at all. Could I be wrong? Sure. But it doesn't seem very likely to me with the way that you look at uh, this scenario that it's going to be very likely that you will be able to play any bowl games at all. Now, that's a later SEC championship game by far, two weeks later than it usually would be. But the start of the SEC season is not happening until September 26th, which is three weeks later than you would anticipate it being. And so there are a couple of bye weeks built in to the SEC season in the event that they have uh, major issues that could be there. And then they also have another couple of bye weeks where they could push back and be able to play the SEC title game. But they haven't released the full schedule yet, so we won't know exactly what that looks like for a while. But you could theoretically have, although I don't think it's going to happen, Oklahoma right now is scheduled to play the first college football game, one of the first college football games of the season right now on August 29th. So you could have Oklahoma theoretically playing a college football game on August 29th and the SEC not starting their season until four weeks after Oklahoma does. And right now the SEC is starting later than every other conference in college football. Why would they do that? Partly, I think this is just to find, try to buy themselves as much time as possible. But also, I think the idea is with college football that you can use the, SE, uh, use the NFL as a little bit of a guinea pig. So the NFL is going to come back on September 10th. Instead of being in front of the NFL, I think a lot of college teams are thinking, wait, let's see how it goes for the NFL, and then let's move back. And let's also be honest. If the SEC isn't scheduled to start until September 26th, if the other conferences try to start and it just turns into a disaster and they don't end up being able to play, then the SEC can just say, well, nobody was able to play. I don't think we're going to go either. So I don't know how this is all going to work out. Uh, I think if your only goal was to play college football, the easy solution to me is just to quarantine the athletes, right? Uh, Tell the athletes, hey, in order to play football, you're going to need to be in a dorm on campus. We're going to restrict entry and, and, and exit and we're going to make sure that we create our own little campus bubble right by the uh, practice facility. And the only people that are allowed in are people affiliated with the football team. Now, the challenge with that, obviously, is these are regular college kids. And how well are they going to stay committed to the bubble? And is that allowable in any way compared to a pro team that could theoretically do it? I don't know all the answers here, uh, but I think at this point in time, If you look at the NBA, if you look at the NHL, if you look at Major League Baseball, the only sport that is now under siege is college football. And what I think is fascinating about that is 
every other sport has come back, which I believe means that college football will eventually be able to find a way to get back. What exactly that will look like, it is uh, it is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, but there are still so many different moving parts. There's going to be a lot of drama about what conference decisions are made, who's going to play, who's not going to play. What I would say in general here is the challenge, I believe it's fall or bust, right? And I've been saying that to you guys for a long time. College football is either going to be played in the fall or it's not, right? The idea of playing in the spring doesn't really make very much sense. And so there are a lot of decisions to be made, uh, but it is uh, it is still messy. I mean, we don't know exactly what the Big Ten schedule looks like. We don't know exactly what the SEC schedule looks like. We don't know what the Big 12 looks like. The Pac-12 still has to make decisions. The ACC has told us who's going to play, but they haven't given us a definitive idea of how exactly everything will be structured. I don't remember anything like this ever existing before, and I hope, frankly, in my life we never have any situation like this again. And that is, uh, there's no other way to talk about it. I mean, this is a situation that is truly without precedent. And uh, on top of the situation truly being without precedent, uh, I love to gamble. And you guys know I love to gamble. It's one of my favorite things to do uh, in relation to sports. And coming up next, we're going to talk with Todd Furman at Todd Furman on Twitter to see what he has to say about trying to make sense of the NBA, the NHL, uh, the, uh, the Major League Baseball, all of these different sports. How do you gamble on them when there are no crowds present, when you don't know about the overall health status of so many different players? It's one of the most fascinating and difficult scenarios that's ever existed for any gambler everywhere, uh, anywhere. We'll talk about that with Todd Furman next. I encourage you to go follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Also want to tell you, as we go to break, go sign up for Outkick VIP today. We have had the best month of podcast downloads ever. We have had an incredible month of audience on Outkick.com. The way that you can demonstrate how much you love Outkick is by going right now uh, to Outkick.com, signing up for the VIP. You get access to a VIP phone line to call this show. You get access to our VIP message board to be able to meet a lot of other people uh, with interesting ideas and thoughts out there. And also, you get an opportunity to comment on all of our articles. Jason Whitlock is presently in the process of driving all the way across the country. Uh, he'll be in Nashville soon. We're going to have a lot of fun here, uh, continuing to grow the Outkick company. All of that headed in your direction, and you can be a big part of it as well by signing up for the Outkick VIP. Outkick.com. Check out the VIP. Appreciate all the support out there from you guys. When we come back, Todd Furman will join us. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. 
I did television a lot with this guy, and then we had about 140-odd days off, and now we're back about later today to finish the first week since we have returned. Todd, when, uh, Todd Furman joins us now at Todd Furman on Twitter. He's also on Fox Bet Live, the daily show I do on FS1. Would you have ever believed when Rudy Gobert walked off the court that we would not be back until the last week of July to do our television show again? Well, first things first, let me say the last 140-plus days have been absolutely glorious in the fact that I haven't had to deal with you on a daily basis, knowing (laughs) that we've known each other uh, for the better part of, what, 10-plus years now. Uh, I don't know where time flies when you're absolutely miserable. But as far as it pertains to Rudy Gobert and sports getting shut down, absolutely not. I mean, we kind of joked about the whole thing and said, oh, you know, might miss a game here or there. Had no idea the landscape we were going to be walking into nearly six months after. Uh, You talk about the Marlins situation, sports being played in bubbles, the potential that you wouldn't have in NFL or college football season. It's mind-boggling when you try and contextualize everything that's gone on. What could possibly unfold? Something I never would have imagined in 38 years. So one of the things I've been talking about is the NBA, I think, looks better than any other league so far in terms of team sport anyway, in terms of on the court. It doesn't feel that much different, right? At least to me. I mean, the, uh, the, the, you know, the optics may be different with the jerseys and obviously, you know, in your head, hey, this is not a normal NBA arena, but it looks normal. What doesn't feel normal is for what we do, how in the world do you assess what kind of value there is in in looking at these games like right with no home ice advantage no home court advantage can you think of anything like this in your gambling career well, one thing I do want to give credit, you're a spot on with the NBA and how it's presented visually last night when we finally got to see it in all of its glory. I think the NHL, watching some of the exhibition games as well, the camera angles they're experimenting with, they've taken a lead from what we saw in European domestic soccer leagues with tarps, advertising, and everything else. I'm kind of surprised that Major League Baseball hasn't done something similar because as funny as it is to see cardboard cutouts, seeing the optics of empty seats just reminds you the world we're living in right now. But as far as handicapping is concerned, no. I mean, you're working off of a baseline power number, backing out home field advantage, building in a little bit of public perception as much as anything else. And I'm as curious as anybody to see how odds makers are going to adjust throughout the course of a best of five qualifying round in the NHL, ultimately a best of seven in the NBA as well, moving numbers from game to game. Typically, point spreads will move based on the situation if a team's down 3-0 or you're talking about home and road. But it doesn't move based on just what you're seeing on the court. So let's see. If books believe that the number between the Celtics and Bucks should be four and a half, five, will we see them hang the same number every single game uh, until things play out? So it's a variable in handicapping that I don't think any of us have ever been faced with. Ultimately, I'm hoping it creates some opportunity. So you mentioned hockey. You've paid more attention to hockey than I have. It comes back tomorrow. What should viewers who haven't put it on at all but might see it flipping around on the television expect to see there? Well, I think, you know, from a handicapping standpoint, you get a lot of the marquee players that were nicked up coming back. The one thing different in the NHL versus the NBA, these players had one tune-up game to get themselves ready for, in some cases, the 5 and to through 12 seeds playing a best-of-five qualification round. It's win or go home right off the bat. They don't get eight games to seed teams like we're seeing in the NBA. So intensity is going to be cranked up right out of the gates. I think it's going to be fascinating to see which of these teams can find their mid 
midseason form. Playing goalie myself, having you know almost five months of layoff time and going into playoff type atmospheres, conditioning is going to be a big part as long as as well as soft tissue injuries. So I think the sense of urgency you're going to see in the NHL is going to be more pronounced than even the NBA. Todd, we don't know what's going to happen with the NFL or with college football. I know you desperately want both to be back. I want it to be back. Feel good about the NFL. College football, still a lot of moving parts. I still think they'll at least attempt to play the season. A big part of both of those sports, the NFL and college football, is what actually happens with the crowd in the environment, especially in college football. How do you assess what the value might be if it's a totally, basically neutral site games all season in both college football and the NFL? I think as far as college, things can snowball a lot quicker than they will in the NFL because you're not going to have that home crowd if you're the inferior team from a talent perspective to help get you motivated. If you get that big turnover, suddenly 100,000 fans are screaming behind you. Whereas if you make one or two mistakes, a game that might be 14-3 to suddenly turns into 28-3. to You tuck your tail between your legs and you leave. So I think it's so important for the bad teams to get off to quicker starts and not trust the fans and their home crowd to bring some of that energy so for what you could typically talk about you know home field advantage in college football and some of the better venues four and a half five six even seven points in some circumstances things will be a lot different the nfl in my opinion travel still going to play a role we're not quite sure how those arrangements will work out when you go into denver even if there aren't fans altitude and playing in heat in september uh, will definitely have an impact but i think it's just being fluid it's not coming in with this preconceived notion that home field advantage is worth x i'm going to be able to back it out of these numbers and be able to bet games the same way. But when you look at the week one point spreads that are up on Fox Bet and everywhere else in the world, those numbers have home field advantage built in. I think as soon as we were to potentially see an edict handed down that none of these teams are going to have fans in the building, those numbers are going to move a little bit uh, and teams that play their toughest opponents at home are going to wish those games were on the road because their win probabilities are going to change. So will win totals and the entire outlook as far as divisions are concerned. All right, let's dive into some of these individual sports and what you have seen so far let's start with major league baseball is there anything that you've noticed in the first week that you have thought to yourself oh that feels different in terms of breaking down a game than it might have been if you know it was a regular season right is there anything that you've noticed in the numbers is there anything that sort of stands out to you you know, I haven't noticed anything really in the numbers. Uh, I don't think uh, a lot of bookmakers have backed out home field advantage. So many times the home field number that's baked into this is all based on how a team is constructed for their particular ballpark. The one thing I have seen changed a little bit, and, you know, of course there's a little bit of recency bias that will factor in here, is the bullpen situation. So much of being a closer, and we've all seen the movie Major League, you've seen the likes uh, of – K-Rod coming into games in the ninth. You've seen Trevor Hoffman, Eric Gagne, the list goes on and on. You take the energy, whether it's the booing on the road or the fans that are foaming at the mouth knowing they're three outs away from a victory at home. It's so important for the relievers that come in for those spots to bring the energy themselves, and I think that may be part of the reason we've seen a little bit less velocity on the guns uh, and maybe more blown saves in the first week of the season than we typically would. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. What do you think about the uh, runner on second base in extra innings? Do you think that's something that might stick? Uh, I know some people love the idea of a 20-inning game or whatever the heck it is, but it seems like there's a lot more uh, strategy involved when you actually have you know, the runner on second base once you get to extra innings. 
It's definitely going to test all the sabermetricians out there to make sure they go, all right, if I have first base open, do I walk the runner to set the double play up and give myself a force? Do we just kind of concede the run on second and hope that we're going to be able to match and the key becomes avoiding the beginning? I think in a season like this, it's a great idea because you don't see bullpens get taxed. I mean, earlier this week, we saw the Dodgers and Astros play what will be defined as a marathon by 2020 standards, and the Dodgers had to use eight relievers for a shade under 10 innings. That, when you're playing pretty much 60 out of 65 days or whatever it works out to, even more, when you're going to be the Marlins and Phillies making up some of those lost games, you want to make sure that the product is the best. And I think the league announcing that they're going to go to seven innings games as part of a doubleheader beginning August 1st is a way that they can conserve arms, starting pitching, and the bullpen. And they can keep players from milling around because I think the more time they spend together, whether it's in the clubhouse or on the field or anything else, just kind of alleviate that and mean that if you're going to get two games in, we're talking about 14 instead of 18. All right. I don't know much about the NHL. We make fun of that sometimes on the television show. You, as you mentioned earlier, played hockey. How would you assess what's going to be going on with the NHL? And for people out there who, frankly, I bet a huge part of my audience doesn't even necessarily know, uh, they're in Canada. They're in two different locations, basically bubble-like in Canada. What is going on there? Yeah, bubble situations being created, a little bit more freedom for the hockey players, given the fact that both Edmonton and Toronto have had a little bit better luck in terms of dealing uh, with the pandemic situation, so they won't quite be contained to one resort like the NBA players are. Individual team hotels, and not to get bogged down in some of the specifics, but what the NHL is going to do is they're going to have the top four teams in both the Eastern and Western Conference are going to play a round-robin format. The team that finishes the top there will be playing for seeding, and those four teams in each conference are already into what we're going to call the playoffs. Teams seeded 5 through 12 are going to go through a best-of-five format for what they're calling a qualification round. Those teams will then get thrown into the pot. Everybody will be reseeded. So if you have an upset where the 12 beats the 5, the number 1 will take on the 12, and it won't be a bracket-style format right off the bat. The other thing about it, when you look at the way the NHL is going to stagger it, if you're not a hockey fan now, you're going to be a hockey fan with games starting as early as 11 o'clock Central, and you may have games going till 1 o'clock in the morning as they're going to try and alternate venues from Toronto to Edmonton and it could have that U.S. Open type feel whereas if you have a game go to triple overtime earlier in the day you can't create an extra sheet of ice so you may have puck drop that starts significantly later and I really think we're going to be treated to one of the best products as far as these teams and the resumption of leagues are concerned. Um, The NHL is always wide open when you get to the playoffs you know the eight seed can get hot and end up winning the Stanley Cup do you think it'll be even wilder now without home ice factoring in really in any way? I do, because I think it's all going to be about what team can gain that midseason form right out of the gates. I mean, there's no wiggle room, because if you have rust and you're playing in that qualification round, and suddenly you find yourself down 0-2, you know, some of the best teams in the league that maybe didn't perform during the regular season are going to be on the brink of elimination. We talk about it all the time as you go into the quest to win the Stanley Cup. A hot goalie is ultimately the great equalizer. So if a goalie gets hot and finds his rhythm right out of the gates, all of a sudden you're talking about a team that may be inferior in terms of talent on the blue line and up front that can 
win low-scoring, tight-checking hockey games. Uh, and I think it's a recipe that a team in your backyard, the Predators, can employ. I mean, we saw both goalies look good in the tune-up game, UC Saros and Pekka getting some reps against the Dallas Stars. But a veteran team that hadn't performed to their expectations during the regular season, you get a chance to hit the pause and the restart button, and all of a sudden you're talking about a semi-level playing field uh, going into a postseason format. Uh, all right, let's go into the NFL a little bit. Um, with everything that is going on in the NFL, we talked about the lack of home field advantage and how that might factor in. Do you make the Chiefs a substantial favorite? Are they an even bigger favorite because that all these other teams with all the young talent and everybody else hasn't been able to work together? What would you say are the two or three teams that to you are the most intriguing from a gambling perspective entering into this NFL season? Well, I think continuity is going to be key. There's no doubt about that. But when you look at Kansas City, I mean, you're not going to get any value trying to back the defending Super Bowl champions week in, week out. Uh, I clearly wouldn't tie up money in the futures market at such short prices because if Patrick Mahomes were to miss an extended period of time and suddenly the Chiefs aren't the one seed in the AFC, the road to get to the Super Bowl, a lot more daunting with only one buy in each conference than instead of two. I think this year, we talk about it all the time, it's not necessarily the best team in the NFL that wins the Super Bowl. It's the healthiest, well, that's going to resonate across the league, and you're going to see some of these deeper rosters rewarded. You have to love the fact if you have a veteran quarterback waiting in the wings, and I think it's a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who have a ton of frontline talent, but you go out and you sign a quarterback in Andy Dalton. Sure, he's not Dak Prescott, but if Prescott were to miss some extended time, you have a quarterback that you trust. I don't think the Bears feel that way about Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think there are a lot of teams in the league uh, that feel that way, but suddenly the Saints look like geniuses, giving Jameis Winston in a $1 million deal. My guy that he can fill in if Drew Brees were to miss time. And I think the deepest rosters in the league will be rewarded more so than the team that can put its best 22 on the field week in, week out. Yeah, you want to uh, tell everybody that you picked Jameis Winston to be the MVP before he was unceremoniously let go by the Bucs? I do have Jameis Winston to be the MVP, and who knew? I mean, when you looked at the way things were going for Drew Brees, if he was forced into early retirement, suddenly having Jameis with a Sean Payton-led offense was going to look like a pretty good bet. But uh, little to say right now, I don't like my ticket on Jameis Winston. There are a few circumstances beyond his control that are going to have to unfold if he is going to win the MVP and go from the outhouse to the penthouse. What about Brady and the Bucks? I, I think it, I've said before on this show that if I had to only pick one team to follow – uh, I could watch only one team for 16 games this year other than the team that I have season tickets for, the Tennessee Titans. I would pick the Bucks. Which team would you pick, and how would you assess the Bucks going forward? There's no doubt they're the most interesting team. Uh, when you look at Tom Brady changing addresses, working with an offense that's arguably going to have the most skill position talent that he's ever had at his disposal, but it's an organization that doesn't have a history of winning. And while I have a lot of respect for Bruce Arians, I like what Todd Bowles brings defensively, I'm curious to see how things play out, especially if everybody doesn't buy into the culture that Tom Brady expects. For me, if I'm going to pick one team, and this is going to sound a little bit ridiculous, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a fun watch week in, week out. I think what Kyler Murray brings to the table in year two in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, along with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and some of their other receivers. They're not going to play a lot of defense, and this is going to feel very similar to Texas Tech-style football. It's just going to unfold in the NFC West. Good stuff, as always. You can watch us later today on Fox Bet Live, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Mountain, 1 o'clock Pacific. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. What's fascinating to me, uh, as you try and look at the uh, at the larger universe out there, 
of the available sporting options. Let's leave aside the political angle of the NBA setup, which we've talked about a little bit and and the challenges and the fact that the NBA-China relationship, it's like it doesn't exist and nobody talks about it and everything associated with that. And just consider the actual visual product on the court itself. I think the NBA looks the most like itself of any of the television that we've seen. Now, you could maybe argue golf because, you know, even without spectators, golf can still look kind of normal. And I'm not sure that golf spectators really add very much at all. In fact, you can argue that the golf course is more interesting to look at without spectators on it, if you really think about it. So maybe you can make the case for golf looking more normal uh, than any other sport. But if you really break down, uh, is it really that difficult when you look at the NBA and the way that it's played? It feels very normal. Now, it looks a bit like a sort of international uh, event might. If you watch the Olympics, sometimes they don't have courtside seats. People aren't spilling into uh, spectators in the Olympics. And so when you watch the actual product itself, it looks normal. Now, I thought several times during TNT's broadcast last night, it was clear they had somebody on the dump button because there's music playing. And there's a little bit of audio background, but it seems clear to me they want to make sure that you don't hear expletives or conversations that might happen that are inappropriate near mics. And so I don't know if you noticed that, but there were a couple of times where I felt like the audio was skipping in terms of what you were hearing. But the actual product itself, to me, seemed and felt pretty good. And I'm sure what will happen is what we've seen happen on all these sports when they came back, there's a huge pent-up demand. So last Thursday when Major League Baseball came back and the Nats were playing the Yankees, 4 million people watched, which is a monster crowd to watch Major League Baseball. And when NASCAR came back, there was a monster crowd that watched NASCAR, even though there's not necessarily a huge desire for NASCAR necessarily. UFC had big crowds. There's a huge pent-up demand for sports in general. And if you are even a casual fan of a particular sport, you're going to tune in. So I suspect that come Friday, the NBA will put out uh, data from the TNT games and the numbers will be pretty substantial because they got LeBron, they got Kawhi, they got Zion. There were a lot of different good storylines for this opening Thursday night of games. The question will be, how many people will stick around and continue to watch as suddenly we have a bevy of options going forward? When you think about all of the uh, all of the NBA, all of the NHL starting tomorrow, and all of the Major League Baseball games that are going out, instead of there being a pent-up demand and not enough sports out there to satisfy everybody's craving, suddenly we're going to have more sports than we've ever seen before. We're going to have all three of those sports roaring in August for the first time ever. And I don't know exactly what hockey's going to look like. I know they started to play the practice games, but I'm curious to see how normal it looks in hockey too. You can have a lot of shots of bas- of the basketball uh, uh, court without needing to show like a crowd sort of setup. And you can't really do that in Major League Baseball. 
So it's a lot more noticeable when nobody is in the crowds in Major League Baseball. And I know Fox has tried to digitally alter it and put in their own fans there. And there have been a lot of different moving parts associated with that. But in general, I think basketball is the biggest winner in terms of what it actually looks like, the product that is out there. If you're just sitting back at home, it doesn't look that much different than it would have otherwise. Now, I understand some of you are going to say, well, there's a lot more political statements. The court looks different. There's the names on the jersey. I understand all of that. But that may or may not fade. I don't know if they're going to keep the names on the jersey like that going forward or whether they're eventually going to go back to the normal names, uh, people's last names on the back of their jersey like people would have gotten used to over the years, uh, or whether there is going to be less of a political statement, less of a need to show the national anthem before every game. Using Major League Baseball as an example, they went all in on showing the national anthems on those opening Thursday night games last week. But on this Thursday night NBA games, they spent a lot of time on it. Will they going forward every Friday, Saturday, Sunday from here on into the future show the national anthem every time? I don't know. I don't know that you gain very much from that. Personally, I think most of you out there, if you're going to watch a basketball game, would just as soon put it on right when the game starts. Now, I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't want the pregame. I don't want any of the uh, all, all the talk and everything else. Like I like to sit down if I'm watching a game right when they tip off and watch the actual game as opposed to everybody talking about the upcoming game. I can find other things to do. But I am curious whether this is going to be a big production before every NBA game, which if so... I think will distract from the overall product. But if they get back to just playing basketball, I think the NBA's television product looks more normal than anybody else's television product that I've seen so far with the possible exception of the PGA. And I think it's going to be changed less. Like the UFC is interesting because you can hear everybody yelling. So you can hear people right outside of the... uh, Uh, you know the people who are calling the game and you can hear the coaches and instructors and everybody else in a way you wouldn't in a in a large arena and sometimes that seems like it can impact the way that the fighters are reacting but in terms of the uh the product itself on the court i think the nba did a good job of actually getting the court out there now there are all sorts of hypocrisy surrounding the nba i've talked about it a lot with the nba in china and everything else And I think pretending to be social justice warriors while you are uh, in the meantime taking hundreds of millions, billions of dollars from China is an inherent conflict. But by and large, I think the overall product the NBA is putting out there is uh, pretty solid and there is uh, not a lot to worry about in the grand scheme of things as as it pertains to what the viewing options will look like. When we come back, start off hour three. We will talk with Petros Papadakis about those games. Did he watch them? What did he think? Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. It'll be the final hour of the week. Lots of reason for optimism. I'm going to finish off this hour in case you're going into work or in case this is all you'll hear. You got the NBA, you got the NHL, and you got Major League Baseball all starting and playing tomorrow. All three leagues for the first time in the history of August in this country I think you will absolutely love it. Go check it out. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Up next, we'll talk with Petros Papadakis. Remember, we've been hammering this story for a little while. What actually happened with Petros Papadakis and Jeff Goldblum? We're going to get to the bottom of their relationship. Also, we'll talk about the Lakers and the Clippers. Return of the NBA, return of Major League Baseball, and what he thinks is going to happen with college football with all the drama out there. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We are in the final hour of the week, and I teased this back on Tuesday. I said, we are going to go to Petros Papadakis, and we're going to get to the bottom of the Jeff Goldblum story that we've been talking about for a couple of We'll get to that in a sec. But I'm going to start with, I mean, first of all, where were you for the uh, earthquake? Did you get woken up by the earthquake on Thursday morning? No, I was up, and I saw the tweets. So I was up already, and I was milling around when the rest of the family was asleep, and I saw the tweets. Uh, the valley, I know you understand some part of Los Angeles geography, but the valley is in a different spot than me, and this was pretty deep in the valley. Now, there's been some really big earthquakes in the valley, like the North Ridge quake when I was younger, that we definitely felt and woke us all up and all that. But uh, this was not the case for us this time. But I'm from here, so earthquakes are not the end-all, be-all. I mean, they I feel them, and every once in a while I'll take a videotape of the pool or something. But it's not as fascinating for people, I think, here, if if I have the right kind of tone there does that make sense i mean whenever there's an earthquake you get like a huge earthquake boner oh yeah no doubt then there are a lot of people out there that are like i remember there was an earthquake once and you were in the hotel uh, yeah i've been out here i've been out for yeah i've been out for three different earthquakes in california right and it was almost like you were on the grassy knoll when kennedy got that's right that's what i felt like yeah, you were really excited, which was great. You know, I remember, do you remember a quarterback named John David Booty? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, John David, who was uh, from Shreveport. Louisiana, and came yeah. Out, yeah, and came way out to uh, USC and, and ended up winning two Rose Bowls. I mean, that guy's got to be in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. He, he ended up having a great career at USC and left high school early in the whole deal. And the only thing John David Booty cared about was what to do if there was an earthquake. Yeah, right. He asked everybody, like everybody. He took like a poll, like, so you're saying get in the doorway. <laughs> and it was just, it's always been, fat, you know, as somebody who's from the West Coast, and, you know, there's been earthquakes, and when you're a kid and your parents are, like, picking up your sister by her crotch and her neck and throwing her under the table, and they're screaming at each other, like, John, there's a chandelier, you know all that and i mean uh it's frightening but i guess you just end up getting kind of used to them in a certain way unless people start dying and freeways start collapsing which sucks yeah well obviously it's it's interesting because there were a bunch of california guys who ended up uh, on the east coast and if you were anywhere where tornadoes might be the california crew was all obsessed with tornadoes right the oh yeah tornado like whatever natural disaster isn't near you is one that you're terrified of. Hurricanes, if you're somebody who like lives on the coast, you're kind of used to the idea of a hurricane. Not to say it's not scary, but whatever natural disaster isn't in your geographic region, like where I live in Nashville, sometimes we have tornadoes, and they're awful and they're scary, but you're used to them on some level. Nashville guy like me goes out to L.A., never been in an earthquake. So when you're in a, you know, a, a tall building, I would have been like, if there was a er- uh, tornado coming, I'd have been like, well, this is scary, but you're kind of used to it. And and the same thing, by the way, when I lived in the Caribbean, uh, you know, everybody's still kind of scared of, of hurricanes down there. But if you haven't ever been in a hurricane, you're super afraid of a hurricane. 
I remember one of my first trips when I started doing Big 12, and now I feel like a Big 12 veteran. Right. I don't know if the Big 12 feels like I'm a Big 12 veteran. but You've I, been everywhere. I love- yeah. I like doing Big 12 games for sure. And I remember one of my first trips to Oklahoma, I saw a T-shirt in the airport. And, of course, you know, desperate to get home, I saw a T-shirt in the airport that had a picture of a tornado on it. And it said, come at me. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if I want to taunt a tornado. Yeah, how is this being celebrated? Like that's pretty, that's unreal. But but you're absolutely right with the nat- natural disasters. But this particular earthquake, Clay, I did not feel. And uh, I was, uh, as you know, on uh, I was islanding over the weekend, so I still yeah, you were on have, Catalina. Yeah, yeah, I still have like land sickness, so I felt like I've been rocking back and forward for like the last five days. So I'm not the guy to ask. Uh, the Dodgers are back. How much interest did you uh, feel, even though it's a non-traditional baseball season, in what I thought was a pretty interesting back-to-back games against the Astros? Right. I mean, it seemed like oh. kind of took over everything, even though it's a you know it felt different when you're watching it. But I sat and watched both those games, and I don't remember the last time I sat and watched you know really let's call it early season baseball. But it was pretty compelling. Great theater. Well, and, and honestly, for a guy like you, too, because, I mean, uh, national baseball is not really something people are super interested in. You know right. what I mean? Yes. I mean, that it, the baseball does great, but it does great regionally because it's, it's a very, you know, the, somebody who knows the whole starting lineup of the Dodgers is likely not to be able to name one, one or two players on the Cleveland Indians. Right. And which is interesting, you know. Uh, so it's interesting that you watched uh, all what was it, twenty-two innings? Yeah, I mean, I didn't Dodgers. watch every every inning of every game, but I watched a lot of it, right? And I found myself pretty intrigued by the uh, extra inning rules. I stayed up late, even though I got to get up early for the show, uh, and I wouldn't have anticipated that I was going to end up doing that. Right, and I was riveted. You know, I, I was I was all into it, and I didn't know that I would be either and you know i enjoyed the basketball last night and the, the how would you assess that's what i was that's what i was leading with how would you assess the city of los angeles's interest in the dodgers right now as it compares to the bat- battle of los angeles well people are excited about uh basketball but i i still think you know just like it kind of was with the dodgers where it took a couple days and they beat the Giants up really bad in the first two games, and then the last two they lost, and their bats kind of fell asleep to what is a very, very weak Giants team, and the payrolls aren't even comparable, and that upset people. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody was kind of glued to their TV watching the Houston game, fans in the stands be damned. So that... I think that kind of it took people that long to kind of get acclimated to it. I don't know how 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 much these guys are really going after it, as opposed to what it's going to be like in the playoffs and the bubble, uh, especially for teams like the Lakers and the Clippers, who, who they they probably aren't going to lose any ground or momentum with these eight games. It's kind of more of a feeling out period, and I think we're going to have a feeling out period as as a fan base watching the basketball stuff and everybody's going to have to make their peace with whatever political stance they want or don't want somebody to take uh i saw education reform go for a couple rebounds last (laughs) night that was fun to watch hey uh do you so for major league baseball 
they had a big show at the start, the opening Thursday night, and we obviously saw the big show to start the NBA season last night. But do you feel like the NBA will be like Major League Baseball, where basically, I don't know about you, but when I watch Major League Baseball now, it feels, even though it's abnormal, it feels normal in the way the game's being played, right? It doesn't feel like there's some sort of political uh, angle hanging over it. Do you think the same thing will happen in the NBA, or do you think this is going to be an ongoing multi-month process? Well, I think it's totally going to be different. I mean, the NBA is totally different. I mean, a bubble for baseball with how many people are involved and the equipment and the ballparks and all that different stuff, it's its really just not as feasible. But for basketball, you got 15 guys and, and a staff, and you, you, can, you, you have a lot of leeway. Well, the majority of those guys happen to be black. So... The political message and the whole, I guess, uh, framing of it is going to be different. And you're going to see it with the commercials. And, I mean, LeBron James is going to become, the Rapino is going to become Anton Kobo. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> there's going to be a big diverse message and all this different stuff. And people are going to have to figure out how they feel about it. And I, I don't like, I never, I was, you know, kind of freaked out a little bit after 9-11, like every American was, but I got a little bit wary of like the super hardcore patriotism, just like the, the really, I don't know, it was an unbelievable backlash and I understood why, but just the, I don't know if if I'm making any sense. Just kind no, of the, I, I I get it. I mean, it was an yeah, like, and and then this feels like it's kind of the opposite direction. You know, it just feels like we're being kind of uh, saturated with 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 somebody's political message, and and I get it. I understand, and especially, look, I was a captain of a football team that the majority of it was black, and there are certain things that they are the way they are. The arguments of today are about George Floyd. The ones we had were about Rodney King and and uh, the L.A. riots and, and different things of that nature. So it's really not new to me, uh, to be honest. The political messaging is pretty thick, though, in the NBA, and I understand why. I mean, the majority of the league is black. Do you think if the Lakers and the Clippers were playing in L.A., in the playoffs, that it would be a bigger story than having them play in Orlando. Does that impact in any way uh, the way that the f- games feel? Well, I think it impacts vibe? it because those games, like if the Lakers are playing the Clippers in the playoffs, I mean, we're putting on Barry from Barry's Tickets to talk about how much uh, a ticket in the upper bowl is going for. And it's five. wild around the Staples Center. Like you guys right. broadcast for the opening of the NBA season for the Clippers and the Lakers to start the season. People uh, show up. That yeah, have, that's right. It's like when Kobe died. People just show up at the Staples Center for no reason. Even if they have no tickets, they're just there to be there. So it's certainly different, but I think just like the Dodgers, it's different, but we all embrace it. And look, I, I respect these guys for having a pull. I, I am fully into whatever your work is, allows you to do 
you should be allowed to do. Obviously, the NBA is facilitating these guys to have their say politically, and they're taking full advantage of it. I don't know how long it will go. I think it's going to prolong itself much more than baseball because of the circumstances. And if if your work lets you get away with more, if you could say the F word on all the radio stations that you work on, Clay, you would, right? Probably occasionally, although I, I, I've tried to cur- cut out all the cursing in my show. But I do wish we could have no But FCC you would, though. Eventually. I mean, you, yes. you curse I, on I Twitter, wish we right? Could have, uh, yes. I wish we could have no FCC restrictions on the radio show. I do wish that. Uh, right. All right. So, I mean, whatever your work lets you get away with, I mean, if they let you get away with saying things that are even more racy than the things you say, you probably would. So if the NBA is going to facilitate these guys to have a message and it's part of them going out and playing and doing what they do to entertain the country, then that's fine. You know, if baseball is going to let everybody – do whatever they want to do, That that's cool. You have to negotiate these things with your players' unions. And that's kind of the biggest problem that the NFL ran into in the first place. They took a bunch of military money in advertising. They brought the guys out there for the anthem because of it. They put the cameras on the guys during the anthem. But they never figured out with the players' union or gave them a cut of the advertising money as to what was going to be done while the anthem was planned. And that's a form of propaganda, too. So, uh, you know, I see a lot of it. I, I see all uh, this through a, a, a lot of different lenses. And I'm just glad to watch the athletes moving around again. It's been a long time, right? Yeah, speaking of the athletes moving around, you know who used to move around a lot and be very athletic? Jeff Goldblum. You know, he's um, still pretty, he still looks pretty good. You know, I agree. He's 67 I mean, he's now. I, I watched um, – so we had the kids. It's just – it's funny. you got to let it go, up. Clay. you just got to let it go. We watched all five of the Jurassic Parks, including the first two uh, Jurassic Parks. So let's talk about Goldblum stealing your girl and finally get to the bottom of it. Okay. See, you know, here is why people – some people have an issue with the way you go about your business. I have constantly told you what the circumstances of this situation were. And I'm not lying. If I need to get people on to corroborate it, I will. <laughs> but this was, not, this was not my girlfriend. So you keep saying it was my girlfriend. And, you know, he, she, he stole your girlfriend. He stole your girlfriend. He stole my date is a much more accurate way to put it. <laughs> I had right. a girlfriend who was in Italy. I was trying to get away for the weekend. I didn't want to go alone. I tried to get this girl to go with me who I was casually dating. She ended up with Goldblum instead. I was upset. I hated Goldblum for years. I'm not going to say it didn't miss me as it would any young man who had confidence in himself, (laughs) even if he had a long, sharp nose. But it was not my girlfriend. It wasn't like my girlfriend disappeared for a weekend with gold bloom <laughs> and I took her back. That's not the case. So, uh, so whatever, ha- like, have you ever seen gold bloom out in person in LA? Yes. And like no conversation though. No, well, I used to see Goldblum all, yeah, all the time. People talk to Goldblum as a weird dude. And, I mean, he's a, he used to sit in a band before COVID, of course. Uh, he used to sit in a band that played in the, you're familiar with the Los Feliz area uh, in Los Angeles, if you're familiar with the movie Swingers. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. 
Yes. Uh, he used to, that's kind of a hipster area, and he used to sit in a band. I mean, he plays all kinds of different instruments. Uh, he plays a keyboard in this band, and uh, it's called uh, Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. <laughs> so and, Goldblum, multi-talented. Yeah, so like you could, if you want to see, I know how much you love seeing movie stars. So like if, if L.A. is up and running, if you're like Tuesdays and Thursdays at one of those bars in Los Feliz, Goldblum's just sitting there uh, playing the keyboard, and he'll talk to anybody. I used to see him at independent rock shows. And Goldblum, let's just put it like this, he's cut a wide swath with the ladies. Yes. And he's not the only weird, creepy-looking actor over the years to be a known slinger. Uh, there's Milton Berle. The comedian, <laughs> Yo, yeah. Uncle Milty, who was known as one of the most well-endowed comedians in the history of the world. Uh, there was uh, Peter Lorre. Are you familiar with that name? Peter Lorre. Oh, that's the uh, yeah, that's the Casablanca guy from like, and well, uh, Maltese. The guy that yeah. goes, Rick, Rick, hide me, please. No, no, but was it was it Peter Lorre uh, like a German actor? Uh, he was German. Very good. Yeah. No, no, but I'm saying like he was in German silent films. Yes, and he also had a giant, giant, and just laid it across Hollywood Boulevard like a speed bump. So, Peter Lorre from Casablanca, Peter Lorre from the Maltese Falcon. Yes, uh, so these Goldblum is in their image, you know, uh, a character actor, a little bit odd, but a huge ladies' man, uh, and known over the years to be so. Peter Lorre was, uh, by the way, Hungarian, but I'm going to look him up because I remember when I was in, uh, in yeah, he was in um, M, which was a really, really famous uh, film. Yes, it's like a, it's, a, it's a university movie. Yeah, right. But I mean, all of these, so I did because uh, I got into Russia, I watched, a Ru- I took a class in Russian cin- cinema and in German cinema. 1931 so, as Hans Beckert, the movie M, German yes. thriller film directed by Fritz Lang, Fritz, starring yeah. Peter Lorre. There the Cabinet go. of Dr. Caligari was one of the most famous German expressionist films that was ever made, by the way. Probably didn't expect to get into that. So uh, so you're, the girl that you're somewhat interested in chooses to go hang out with, uh, with Goldblum. And For then, the weekend. Yeah, for the weekend. And then later, what happens? The girl, like... <sighs> Like well, later what other? happened, you know, I mean, uh, it probably took me months to forgive her. I believe she came <laughs> around. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was before or after I got hurt or what. She ended up coming around a Make, little coming, bit. Coming to her senses. No, but just like coming to my house, you know, uh, She uh, in the year 2000. Okay. So. Uh, Whatever. I don't know how, do you have I don't any know how idea? far that was separated from Goldblum or not, to be honest. Do you this same idea? woman, I try to tell you, and you wouldn't even listen, this same girl, I believe, dated the thin-lipped Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so do you, so do She's you like know? the female version of Goldblum. She is the female version of Goldblum. Maybe she was tall. Uh, so what, uh, by the way... <laughs> I'm glad we finally got an answer, but do you know what this girl does now? Is she still in L.A.? Yeah, she married a car dealer in uh, Denver and has children. Everything okay. gets boring eventually. Yeah. It would be Even great. for Goldblum. Goldblum's married with kids now, too. He married a young gymnast. That's uh, an unbelievable story. Uh, Did you know that? 
No, Goldblum and, married like a woman I, 30 years his junior. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all that he married somebody 30 years younger than him because he looks, uh, you know, um, like he's 20 years younger than he, than he actually is. Peter he's probably going to outlive both times. of us. He's probably going to outlive both of us, Petros. Oh, um, I hope not. I hope not, too, uh, because he's t- t- nearly 30 years older. Uh, hey, I appreciate you coming on early with us again for a second day this week. I just wanted to get to the bottom of uh, your love affair um, and uh, and also hang out and uh, talk about the uh, all the wonderful things going on now that sports are back. Does it still feel weird to you, by the way, that sports are back finally after all the time we had where there was nothing going on? You know, I felt weird that we had like all kinds of box scores, but we were still talking about Montrez. We were still talking about Montrez Harrell versus Lou Williams versus Kendrick Perkins on Twitter. Yes, like you know, back up, youngster. You know, like we're <laughs> reading tweets back and forth, and it's like, dude, we we have other things to talk about. It's almost kind of like we forgot how to do it. But hey, look, I'm a football analyst, so when there's football to analyze, oh yeah, I meant to ask story. you about that. Do you feel like there's a lot of uncertainty now going on? surrounding college football and obviously the sec decision the pac-12 decision like everything that's going on the big 10 has to make like do you feel good as a guy who calls college football games about college football playing well i feel good about it look i just think overall this has to shake the truth out of the throat of the actual sport right i mean we all love stories about student athletes quote unquote but that's not what's happening here. These are billion-dollar industries that are wrapped up in institutions of higher education. And all of a sudden, all these people who are kind of saying, shut it down, and we can't do this, and how could we do this? These are young people. These are student-athletes. Like, they've suddenly become the skeptics of our industry. Like, these people have suddenly become the uh, realists of what we do. No, I don't think so. You don't all of a sudden get to become a realist in the media when most of the time all you do is wash balls. That you Look at what you do for a living. I mean, look at what this sport is. It's a tough, hard sport that ruins people's bodies, and it's wrapped up in our institutions of higher education. Why? A, for the branding, and A, for the money. And those things have to continue. They need the money, just like the NBA's playing for the money right now, MLB's playing for the money, NFL's going to play for the money, college is just the same. Even the MLS is playing for the money. I mean, there's enough money to be made in the MLS for them to create a bubble, for God's sakes. So college has to play because it's about the money. It's not about student-athletes or anything like that. It never has been. College football is a revenue sport. It is a pro sport inside higher education. And anybody that argues that is going to see how quickly red tape gets cut through to make this thing happen because it's a pro sport within colleges, and it funds the universities, whole athletic departments, and colleges in some cases, and definitely helps them raise money and the whole branding episode of it. So to me, it has to happen. Everybody's going to get their 10 games and play within their conferences because that's what they can control. Notre Dame and the ACC figured something out. And it's going to have to be like a pro football type of deal. If you want to play, you're going to have to go full protocol and try to control your players and be as diligent as you can. But if you think they're not going to try to play college football, you're crazy as hell. 
Petros Papadakis, thank you for getting up early with us. Have a fantastic weekend, and uh, I'd encourage all of you to go listen to his show, AM570 LA Sports. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be this is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Just heard me talking with Petros Papadakis about all the machinations surrounding the Lakers, the Clippers, the Dodgers, everything going on right now in L.A. And it felt like a really high-end game, especially down the stretch between the Lakers and the Clippers. What did we learn? I still feel the same way I did before this game was played, even more confident, however. I think Clippers are better than the Lakers. I think the Clippers should be favored right now, even though they have no fans. And even though you Laker fans are listening to me in L.A. right now and you're like, what are you talking about, Clay Travis? And even though Danny G's upset, I got to tell you, the Clippers, when they get their full complement of players, credit to LeBron for making the game-winning shot. Credit to LeBron for not only stopping Kawhi, but also switching and going and challenging Paul George on that final three-point shot. He played great defense and also got the winning shot. He's the best player in his generation in the NBA. There's no doubt. But but when you actually look at what the rosters will resemble when we actually get into the NBA playoffs, when Lou Williams is back, when Montrez Harrell's back, when the entire Patrick Beverly, the entire complement of the Clippers are on the court, they're better top to bottom than the Lakers are. And... I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen because all sorts of craziness can happen in the NBA playoffs normally, but certainly it can happen even more when there's no home court advantage, when there is no precedent for any of the way that the games are going to be played. I think the Lakers are in trouble when they go up against the Clippers for seven games or six games or five games or whatever the heck it ends up being. And congrats to the Lakers for getting the win. LeBron was great down the stretch. I'm just not sure they have the horses top to bottom to be able to run with the fully stocked Clipper team. Now, that was a takeaway from the Lakers and the Clippers game to me. The biggest loser, though, last night to me was Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Because basically what New Orleans seemed to be saying, to me at least, was we're not really interested in actually going out and competing as aggressively for a playoff spot as maybe a lot of people anticipated we were. And if they had been, they would have played Zion for more than 15 minutes because Zion scored 13 points, went six for eight from the floor in only that 15 minutes. I think there's no doubt that if Zion had played 25 minutes, very, very good chance that the Pelicans win that game. I just don't think they care that much about making the playoffs. They're concerned about bringing Zion Williamson along at their own pace. Look, he's only played in 20 games this year. And so the Jazz outscored him 27-17 in the fourth quarter. And as a result, the Pelicans are now even further behind the Grizz, and they're going to have to fight really 
difficult. I mean, we'll see what happens in tonight's game. I, I'm I'm going to bet on this one on lock it in later today. I'm I'm curious to see how good the Portland Trailblazers look with a couple of players coming off the injured reserve uh, and being able to play that they wouldn't have had if the normal season had been taking place. I think the Trailblazers are going to end up being either the eight seed or they're going to be playing against the eight seed in a playoff situation. But the Pelicans are in trouble already now. It's going to be hard. This is a game they had to win. Whereas for the Lakers or the Clippers, there's no real point at all in being that concerned about where you're seated. In fact, if you're the Lakers and you're the one seed, I'd actually be a little bit nervous that the Trailblazers might get in because the Trailblazers are the equivalent of a four or five seed when they're actually healthy. But the big question, I think, going forward is going to be, is the NBA going to let its overall brand of entertainment really take the cake here? Or are they going to continue to embrace so many non-entertainment, non-basketball related things? For instance, and I talked about this in the first hour of the show, I, I, the, the names on the back of the jerseys, I don't think there are that many people who think that makes sense. You're already kneeling for the national anthem. You already have Black Lives Matter literally written on the court. There are unbelievable amounts of commercials that are running, making political statements on behalf of NBA players. Do you really need names on your jerseys? Especially when guys like LeBron James and Paul George aren't doing it. I think hopefully by the time we get to the playoffs, they'll just go back to the normal jerseys. They can auction these off for charity. You make it uh, make it stand for something great, good for them. But I think when you start to bring in the more casual viewer, a lot of times the more casual viewer is not going to know the player. And so being able to see the name on the back of the jersey is actually somewhat useful to a lot of viewers in terms of once the playoffs start and you might be watching teams that you're not as familiar with as you're familiar with your favorite team. Also, I, I don't know what's going on with Zion back in the bubble and everything else, but it doesn't seem like the Pelicans are that gung-ho about making the playoffs. And that's why, to me, the most intriguing story over the next eight games is not going to be about where the Lakers seated or where the Clippers seated or anything else. It's going to be about thinking uh, through who is going to be that eight seed and what's going to happen in that 8-9 playoff game. I think it's going to be the Trailblazers. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back. Uh, but more importantly, I think everybody should be exhilarated and excited, whether you're a Major League Baseball fan, whether you're an NHL fan, whether you're an NBA fan. We have got so much awesome sports coming starting tomorrow. All three of those leagues will be going every night. There's going to be so much sports. going to be difficult to keep up with. Frankly, we've never had this cornucopia of sports. It's like Thanksgiving for sports fans, everything out there all at the same time. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
Hope you guys are going to have a fantastic weekend. As you roll into the weekend, I want you to think at least positively about the world of sports. There's a lot of negativity out there. We talked some earlier in the show about the number of people out there in the sports media that it felt like were rooting against the return of sports. And what I've tried to do on this show Ever since Rudy Gobert stepped off of the uh, court, he didn't really wasn't there because we know because we talked to the governor of Oklahoma on this show. But ever since Rudy Gobert tested positive back on March 11th, I've tried to come down here, sit with you, tell you that I I believed that sports were going to be back, and there are a lot of people out there that told you that what just happened last night with the NBA wasn't going to be able to happen. And they told you that what happened last week with Major League Baseball wasn't going to be able to happen. And they told you that what's going to happen tomorrow with the NHL wasn't going to be able to happen. And ultimately, figuring out a way to overcome obstacles is what Americans do. And I just feel such a great amount of optimism now about the return of sports in general. And I know there's drama surrounding the NFL And I know there's drama surrounding college football, but I want you to just think about how wild your August is going to be if you are a sports fan. Nightly NHL, nightly NBA, nightly Major League Baseball, all happening in August for the first time in the history of American sports leagues. Maybe you'll love the MLS. You got that coming. There are so many things as we step firmly into the NFL training camp era. My fingers are crossed on college football. You know, there's been a lot of drama out there about will they or won't they play college football. But there were a lot of people out there who told you that there would never be Major League Baseball this year, that there would never be uh, any NBA, that there would never be any NHL. And on Saturday, tomorrow, and on Sunday you're going to be able to kick back and watch all those different sports and be able to just enjoy them. Now, I started off the show talking about the political ramifications of sports. My hope is that every sport is going to get back to the sport itself instead of trying to make massive political statements in general. Uh, And the reason why I hope that's going to happen is I think the vast majority of people, whatever your favorite sport is, want to escape the real world more now than ever than you want to be dragged into it. And Major League Baseball has been playing the longest. And Major League Baseball, other than the fact that it looks wild with the cardboard cutouts and that everything feels different in the stadiums, the game itself on the field seems totally normal. It doesn't seem any different at all. And the uh, the situation with the NBA, I said this right off the top, I actually think the NBA, from a pure product perspective, what does the game look like? It looks the most normal of all the sports that I've watched so far because it almost feels like Olympics-esque. You know how they don't have courtside seats in the same way at the Olympics and they have the media people kind of sitting around? It feels in many ways like everything is very, very normal in the NBA. And even... The stupid names on the back of the jerseys, which I think is a way overreach by the NBA. It's hard to see the writing on the jerseys and makes it kind of pointless, to be honest. So I think they should just go back to normal names on the jerseys. I hope 
that for every game, they're not going to make a big show of the national anthem every time. Major League Baseball, they're not showing us the national anthem on television. It's totally a television staged production if they are, because there's nobody there. Hence, there's no real reason for television to be covering the national anthem existing. Whether you're a big fan of the anthem playing before games or not, which is its own huge debate. And as I've argued for a long time, I'm not particularly committed to the idea of the national anthem needing to be played at sporting events. I wrote that in my most recent book. But if you're going to do it, I think the purpose of playing the national anthem is so the fans and the players have a moment of reflection before the games start. If there's no fans, I don't really know what the point is of playing the national anthem or frankly having player introductions either. It all seems kind of artificial. Like last night's debut in the NBA, it all felt like a very staged production. I felt like I was watching, you know, basically a uh, a, a play where everybody already knew their role and they were just enacting it as if they were on a stage, even down to the way the national anthem was played in the first game between the Pelicans and the Jazz with like a remix version. And I look... Whatever your political beliefs are, I don't particularly care. I would just like for sports to be back, and I'm glad that they are back because it's just another sign of things getting back to normalcy. And I think there is a strong benefit to normalcy in this country. That's why I want my kids back in school. I'd like for sports to be back going. I'd like for things to get back to normal very much sooner rather than later, and I would bet the vast majority of you out there listening to me right now agree. But I will say this. I just want you all to remember how many people out there bought into the doom and gloom that you follow on social media, how many people out there told you that 2020 was a forlorn season, there was nothing positive that was going to happen from any sport in this 2020 time, And now I want you to think about where we are as we finish off the Friday edition of this program. A little bit of optimism heading into the weekend. NASCAR, back. PGA, back. UFC, back. Boxing, back. NBA, back. NHL, back tomorrow. Major League Baseball, back. WNBA, if you happen to be a WNBA fan, back. National Women's Soccer League, back. Tennis is already being played now. Every sport basically out there, with the exception of football now, has found a way to get back. And ultimately, that's what America is good at. Finding a way, no matter what the obstacles are, to get out and make a business work. It's what capitalism is about. And so I hope that your business is going to be back sooner rather than later. I hope that your job, if you don't have one right now, is going to be back sooner rather than later. I hope all of us can get back to normalcy very much sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, it is going to be a great joy for many people across this country to kick back and watch the NFL, sorry, the NHL, the NBA, or Major League Baseball. Thank you for listening. 
I appreciate all of you. Go download the podcast. July is already the best month we've ever had. I hope you will enjoy this episode as well. Share it with your friends. Go sign up for the Outkick VIP. We'll be back Monday, same bat time, same bat channel. Jason Whitlock will join us as he always does every single Monday, and we'll break down whatever happened over the weekend. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 